you're listening to the Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Today's installment of the Motherhood Chronicles, a podcast series about mums talking the realities of life and business, is with the powerhouse of a woman, businesswoman and mum, Megan Kruger. Now, Megan Kruger is actually Dr. Megan Kruger, might I add, and she is a woman who is juggling all the things. She homeschools her three children. She follows her husband around the world on military postings. She runs her own business from home or wherever she is and spends any spare moment she has traveling. Now, Megan shares really openly in this interview, which I have to add, which I thought was super cool, that she recorded it from her car because she had put her three homeschool kids into a crèche. Now, for anyone that says that they can't multitask, I just need to show you this woman to prove that it can be done. And I say that because I often say that I can't multitask and that I need to be doing one thing at a time. I just loved that she was just zero Fs given. I'm doing this in my car. My kids are in a crash. This is how I roll and I'm owning it. And I am here for that conversation of someone who is a busy lady and tackles life head on. Megan shares how she juggles homeschool life, mum life and business, and also how she left a long career as a doctor to pursue her business and lifestyle dreams. Lots of life inspo in this episode, guys. You will be able to find all the links to connect with Megan on the show notes for today's episode at all the W's, the socialhubau.com forward slash 77. And let's get stuck on in. Welcome, Megan, to today's episode of the podcast and another installment of the Motherhood Chronicles series, which has been such a great series for me so far to record. And, you know, I know that I haven't actually published an episode, but I just know everyone's going to love them (laughs) when they do go down. It's been actually a really great opportunity to have some different voices on the podcast. I think I've said that I just said to you before I hit record and I've said to every guest so far is that my podcast has been so business strategy focused it's been a really nice switch up to still talk about business, but just through a different lens of, you know, motherhood and how we juggle the two. And, you know, because I always say, well, most of us are just winging it every day and we don't always have it figured out. Actually, most of the time we don't have it figured out, but you can get really lost. I think looking at the Instagram feed and thinking that everyone has got their shit sorted when really most of the time we don't. So it's nice to just bring this, these sort of conversations into mainstream and make them, just make them real and normalize them so that, you know, mums in business know that they're, they're not alone and that most other people in their shoes are feeling exactly the same way that they do pretty much every single day. So I'd love to just hand over to you straight up and get you to introduce yourself Tell us a little bit about you and your business to start with. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. So my name is Megan Kruger and I was a doctor 
very busy, overworked, stressed doctor in a hospital. And I one day pretty much threw my whole career away in order to just start really following what was the best life for me. And it looked crazy to everyone else and it probably still does, but it has, you know, led me to where I am now. So these days I am a mum of three children. We homeschool our children. I am a military spouse and I get to follow my husband on his postings, which have taken us around the world and back. And I now run my own business in the personal development field where I help other women to live life as a holiday. So basically the things that you would normally go on holiday to be able to do, I help people put that into their everyday life. So that can mean self-care, it can mean mindset, it can mean adventure. It's a little bit different for everyone. And I do that through courses, online programs and some products that I sell now. So yeah, yeah cool. That's, that's me. So when you say doctor, like what sort of doctor were you? So I was training as a paediatrician. Yep. So I was a junior doctor. I'd been working in the hospital system in adult hospitals for a few years and then in children's hospitals. And I had done my specialist exams. I was almost a paediatrician, which takes about 10 years to get to, and decided I wasn't going back to it. So. And so did when you left, did you go straight into building the business that you've got now or did you spend just a bit of time being a mum or what what did you do it's so such a I big left, it's such a big change like uh, such yeah. a massive like 360 really compared to what you were doing absolutely and I guess it all came about because I was on maternity leave and with my first child and it was the first time in years that I'd really had a chance to stop and reassess my life and what I was actually doing and what made me happiest. Because when you're working, you know, 60 hours a week, you don't necessarily ever get that time to think about that. So it was when I was, like I said, on maternity leave, because my husband's in the Air Force, we had just moved. We moved way across the country and the hospitals in that state wouldn't give me the kind of jobs that I wanted as part-time they would only let me work full-time they like there we don't know you there is no availability for part-time work and that's when I really stopped and went well hang on this isn't going to work for me this isn't how I want to live my life I need to find something else to do and I went down this whole I guess people would call it the journey of just dabbling in different things that I liked yeah uh, I worked in some different kind of medical jobs for a while I trained in counseling I trained in life coaching I trained in mindset, birth work, and over the years, I've really taken all of that knowledge and been like, hey, I can actually take all these different things, all this different knowledge I have and from my medical work and use that in a business where I can help others. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where it led. At the time, I didn't really know where it was all going, but now it all makes sense to me now where it's all ended up. Yeah. And I think like a lot of times I feel like business owners, particularly women in business, we're so bad at downplaying our strengths and the things that we're good at and the things that we've learned. Men aren't bad at doing that. They'll tell yeah. you how good yeah. they are at something. They'll tell you what they've learned. They'll, they're really good, but we aren't for whatever reason it is that us women don't do that. But, you know, there's so much that we've all learned collectively um, or individually in what we've done through our whole life. Like I spent 17 years in finance, 
which is extremely different to what I'm doing now. But at the same time, so much that I learned in that world helped me be a really good business owner in the sense of like the business acumen that I learned at that time, you know, all the, a lot of the coaching skills that I learned through that time, because I was a people leader and did a lot of learn L&D, like learning and development have helped me be a really good coach and mentor as well. And if I hadn't have spent all that time there, I know that there's a lot of skills I wouldn't have had off the bat when I started my business. I would have been skills I had to learn. And, you know, and, and I'm so grateful for that now because I feel like that's what really helped me kick goals quickly. Whereas sometimes I feel like people, they downplay the stuff that they've learned along the way. And, and don't celebrate it, I don't think, either. Because yeah. there's a lot that yeah. you learn in those experiences when you're spending all that time and all that study. A lot of skills get learned doing those things. Yeah. And you're right. Look, for the, the past few years, I didn't even tell people I was a doctor. And when I first started my business on my own, I it wasn't even something I talked about. Yeah, that's uh, what I mean. Like you don't. Like, I was kind of like, I need to disown that part of my life. Yeah. That's over. <laughs> which was so now that I look at that I'm like no actually I learned so many things mm. and I have so much wisdom from my you know decade working in that field that of course I need to use that and incorporate that into what I'm doing now so yeah yeah it's not just a part of my life I should just shut off no totally and I feel like sometimes that's what we do is like we start a business and then pretend that the rest of our life before starting the business didn't exist but that's actually what yeah. led us to to do the thing so yeah, it's, I think that's, it's so cool that you've had all those experiences and now you can bring that to the table to do something that you really love to do in your business journey. Cause it's been quite, you know, you've had some big changes there. What would you say has been your biggest challenge and what would have been your biggest highlight? Oh, all right. Biggest challenge for me business-wise is learning to show up online <laughs> like learning to, <laughs> you're not alone there things. I think most people feel the same way oh, and it's it's still something that I'm still learning I'm owning that that I'm still <laughs> a lifelong learner of this kind of thing I was always a very private person and you know in this day and age and social media being what it is learning to actually have to put myself out there and show myself to the world has been a big challenge for me but it's also very rewarding as I've, you know, learned to do that. That's my biggest challenge. What was the other one? My biggest highlight? Yeah. Yeah. My biggest highlight is always the results I see in the people I'm helping. But I think the biggest one for me recently is actually launching my, my first physical product. I launched a set of self-care cards called Moments for Me. And cool. that was really cool for me to like see a physical product in my hand that was all my own creation. Yeah. And it was really cool for my kids as well because, you know, when we talk about online work, often they don't understand really what I do. But when they see a physical thing, it was such a big, exciting moment for the whole family. Uh, so that has been really, really fun. Yeah, cool. I love that. That's awesome. And, you know, creating a physical product is no, no mean feat. No, <laughs> goes into it. And you're right. Like I think that you know, talk talk about showing up online. Like I think most people feel that way, you know. And it's it's not something that comes naturally to some people, you know. Like I'm a talker. I can talk whether I'm in front of a person, whether I'm online or whatever. And 
you know, but even saying that though, like I'm 40, 41, nearly 42, I didn't grow up with the internet. I didn't grow up being online. It wasn't something that always came naturally to me. And I did have to learn very different skills in how to do a live stream versus talking to a person face-to-face and come to terms with, you know, how I was prepared to look (laughs) on a video or, you know, any of those things as well. And it's not, it's not, it's not easy, particularly with social media and our businesses. And, you know, I know social media is like my jam, but it's, you've got to do it all the time. Like it's something you, you can't just set and forget it. It's something you've got to always be doing. And I think sometimes that's where people get a bit fatigued yeah. with it is because it's that consistency yeah. of having to do it all the time. Yeah. But for me, I think the payoff is that it's the people you meet and the connections you make. You know, I've got so many, I call them Instagram friends who I've never met in person, but are some of my best friends. And it's yeah, just crazy yeah. that we get to live in a world where that happens. And like people from all over the world that you, yeah. would never, you would never be able to physically cross paths with them normally. And yet in the yeah. social media world, they're just there. Yeah. yeah. And, and then talking about, you know, you, you, your product and then it's giving you, your family something tangible to see. I, I so resonate with that because I often say like most of the time my family have no idea what I do. they just think that I do stories on Instagram all day and like my youngest daughter who's 10 who's obsessed with TikTok and you know the online world she just like oh I just want to do what you do mum and I'm like Marley I don't just sit at home make videos all day love like there's a lot of stuff that I do that you probably would not enjoy yeah exactly Uh, it's so hard for them to really to understand it isn't it it's I like my littlest he's three and he, he wouldn't really understand yet what the internet is. So he has yeah, no clue what it is I'm doing. He just thinks I'm looking at my phone and that's, that's my work or, yeah. you know, it's hard for them. Yeah, for sure. So let's, let's switch it up and talk about mum life now. So you've told us a little bit about your family. Do you, can you just expand a little bit more, I yeah. guess, on your family dynamics and that so far? Yeah. So I have three children. I have a seven-year-old son, a five-year-old daughter, and a three-year-old son. And like I mentioned at the start, we're a homeschooling family. Uh, So they're with me pretty much 24-7, particularly because my husband's Air Force. So sometimes he's away from home for weeks or months at a time. So my kids are really, they're there for everything all the time. And that means for me like business and family and homeschooling is all very much mixed together yeah yeah and so did you always homeschool or was that something you chose to do if you had told me I was going to be a homeschooling parent I would have thought you were crazy I just (laughs) it was never it was never on my plans but it was I think we fell into it when my son was my oldest son was four and it became apparent that he was not going to fit into kind of normal schooling systems and because we move around so much we don't have you know the opportunity to hunt out the perfect school it's just not going to work for us you know to find a an alternative school or a school that can extend him in the way he needs it at every time we move so we moved four times in four years right at that time he would be starting you know his first few years of school and it wasn't going to work for us then we did a posting to the United States and it just made sense for us to homeschool while we were there 
and it went so great that when we got back to Australia, we're just like, this is it. We'll just keep going as long as it's working. Yeah. And we really we love it now. I actually can't imagine doing life with the school now because our lives are built around being flexible and, you know, being able to travel when we want and being able to take time off when we want. And school just wouldn't fit in our lives. I just, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I think homeschooling's probably become more on people's radar since COVID because we all yeah. at one point in time had to have our had kids to. at home. Mm-hmm. I, I know for a fact I am not someone that could do it full time. I actually loved that because, well, I'm in northern New South Wales, like right on the border of Queensland. So I didn't, we didn't have a big lockdown phase up here, you know, as you know, and it was really only that short kind of period of time around like March, April-ish, and then things started to open up for us that didn't live in Victoria or anywhere where they had extended lockdowns. And so it was only really a small taste of homeschooling for me. But I do look, it's, I do look back on that time with fondness because I did love not having to get up early and make sure the kids were out the door by a certain time. And there was a certain element of freedom in it, even though I knew I would never be someone that did homeschool full time. Yeah. yeah. But I can I can definitely appreciate that because it is very limiting, you know, if you want to go away on holidays, I've now got a child in high school, you know, it's it's hard to take kids out it gets harder to take them out of school as they get older than to go away in the school holidays if you want to use reasonably not always that cheap, like it's quite expensive to go away in yeah. school holidays, hard to get into places, so I can totally totally appreciate that. But I think the thing about COVID that's been cool is I've seen a lot of people decide to homeschool since then because they were like, oh, I can do this, you know. And there's so many resources now for homeschool parents. Like the stuff I see from people I follow or are friends with online that do homeschooling, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Yeah. And I think everyone who did, you know, the the COVID lockdown homeschooling, that's not what real-life homeschooling is for most of Oh, no, totally. It's, it was just most people's first, a lot of people's, most people's first, first step. And yeah, I think some like, people had a really bad experience with it <laughs> of the way it was set up. But certainly it's a lot of fun. We do a lot of games and books and excursions. We don't do hardly any sit down formal schoolwork. So like you said, there's lots and lots of things on the internet now that make it so much easier. There's so many different products and things you can buy now to make it easier. And yeah, it can be a, just a really great lifestyle choice. I think homeschooling for many years it used to be something people did for political reasons or religious reasons. Yes, right now, definitely. there's a lot yeah. of families adopting it as a lifestyle. Like yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's cool. It's it's been really nice, even though it's it's not definitely not something that is for me. I've yeah. really enjoyed watching the evolution of it over the last twelve months since it's been more in people's you know, front of mind and they've seen it more and stuff. And I think it's been really cool to have it become something that the everyday person thinks about doing now and that it is an option. And yeah, it's, I've, I've seen, think it's been a really nice transition and I've really enjoyed watching people's journey with it, even though it's not something I want to do, but I have <laughs> definitely enjoyed that. So in terms of, you know, mum life, what would you say has been your biggest challenge as a mum and what would be your biggest love? My biggest challenge in the early years was trying to figure out how to get time for myself in the midst of having, you know, children with me 24 hours a day. Particularly, I had three and four years. So I threw myself right in the deep end. 
and with a husband who often isn't home. So that was a really big challenge for me, and which is funny because now that's part of what I teach people is how to find those moments in their day. Yeah. I think because I found it so hard early on. Now it's just built into my routine. So that's definitely been a great learning experience, that one. What would be your like the best thing about being a mum for you? Just watching how unique my little people are and how different they all are to each other. Yeah. You, like anyone who has more than one child, you'll know that you never really think that the second one's going to be that different until they are just completely opposite in every way. Yeah. And then my third <laughs> one, and again, I'm like, oh my gosh, how different is he? And I just love watching that every day, seeing the different, you know, personalities and traits and quirks come out and yeah. Being like, oh my gosh, aren't humans amazing that we can be so completely different, even when we're from the same family? Oh yeah, it's it's funny. Like my my youngest, she always thinks that I my favorite is my oldest child, and it's not that. It's just that Marley, my youngest one, is my firecracker, and her and I just butt heads more because I think we're probably yeah. more alike than anything. Whereas my oldest one, she's a bit more, she's a bit cruisier. She's a bit more soft, you know, and she's the one that if I say, oh, could you do the dishes? She just does them. Like she's just that kid. So I don't have a lot of opportunity to butt heads with her because like our natures just blend really well together. Whereas my little one, she's just a little firecracker. So we're often at loggerheads with each other. (laughs) And so she'll always say that Ella's my favourite. And I'm like, Ella's not my favourite. Actually, you're both my favourites for different reasons. and. You know, it's that whole thing of all your kids are so different and you love them both just as much, but for very different reasons, you know, and it's the things you appreciate about them are are so different and trying to communicate that to a 10-year-old has been really challenging because she's like, well, no, she's your favourite. I said, no, I just don't fight with her as much. She's not my favourite. You just don't see me fight (laughs) with her. That's not the same thing. You know, you're both my favourite, but they're just for very different reasons. Yeah, it's it's so interesting, isn't it? I think we all have one child who we butt heads with more than the others. Oh, totally. Um, like you, one of my my oldest son, he's so similar to me, and I'm always like, oh my gosh, why do we butt heads so much? But it is it's because they're so similar to you. <laughs> you know how to push each other's buttons very fast. Yeah, totally, and it's funny. Like Marley and I can have some doozies of arguments, and. It's like I'm arguing sometimes with like an 18 year old version of myself and she's only 10 and I just go, and then that's when I go, I'm not going to win this one. Just walk away, Stacey, walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Just walk walk away, love. That's that's not, you're not going to win this one. So how do you juggle the two? Like you've obviously got your kids with you a lot. You move around Mm -hmm. a lot. In terms of juggling, I don't like to use the word balance because I don't really believe balance exists at all um I think it's something everyone's striving for but something that no one can actually really achieve how do you juggle the two Mm -hmm. business and mum life and what do you find works for you the best yeah the I see it more as a juggle than as a balance like you so sometimes something's going to take more priority and other times a different thing will be taking priority and it's just constantly switching back and forth between those things the way I manage will vary depending on what kind of season we're in, 
what's happening. So I, I guess I give myself permission to mix it up and to, if something's not working, to change it up. So at the moment, things that work for me is I do most of my work in little snippets throughout the day. We do in our house quiet time every day in the middle of the day. So that's where my littlest one is sleeping. My bigger kids will read. Siesta time. <laughs> Siesta time, yes. Quiet time. It's like cap with capitals in our house. Yeah, yeah, like- yeah. <laughs> He's asleep, so the rest of you be quiet. Yes, and yeah. like in different rooms so you don't niggle each other. Yeah. Uh, and that is like if I have important need-to-do-today tasks, that is when I'll get them done because I know that I'll have that hour every day. I do my I tend to book my client calls in the evenings after the kids are in bed so yeah. that I don't have to juggle. I can just, you know, be focused on one thing at a time. Uh, and then everything else is just spaced out because my kids are at home all day. They get really used to playing independently. They don't need me, you know, constantly interacting with them all day. So it's easy enough for me to take 10 minutes out here and there throughout the day to do little jobs. Uh, so I do that but I do get flexible I get creative right now as we're filming this I am in a shopping center car park because we I don't usually work on a Thursday morning and I don't have you know good babysitting on a Thursday so I have booked my kids in at a local drop-in creche and I'm here at the shopping center because that's you know what works for me today yeah and that's the beauty of the modern day world and the internet, right? As you get to do these things like that if you have to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Other times if I have lots of things I need to do on a weekday, I will batch them all together, hire a babysitter, hire a nanny yeah. uh, and do it that way. And, yeah, the other big thing I do is I try to outsource things and let go of things that aren't a priority. Yeah. So hiring, hiring a house cleaner, oh, my gosh, it's a life changer. Anyone who hasn't done that yet, it makes such a difference. Yeah. To not have to think about, you know, bathrooms. So things like that, I try and outsource. That's been a common thread in each interview I've done is the concept of not just outsourcing in business, but outsourcing in the home as well. And that could be done in many different forms. Like for the people with little kids, it's probably going to mean a financial outsource to a third party. Like I've got a cleaner, you know, there's people that can you know, do home cooked meals for you. There's, you know, you can outsource your lawns. Like there's so many things you can outsource at home. And a lot of the times I found it's way more cost effective than me outsourcing a business task that I could do myself. Yeah. Because yeah. I actually enjoy working in my business and, you know, so, but I don't enjoy scrubbing the bath. So, <laughs> you know, to me, that $70 I spend a fortnight, I can make hundreds of dollars in that time. By doing, you know, business tasks myself that I can actually do. And I do have a VA and do outsource a lot of business stuff as well, stuff that's quite time-consuming for me. But, yeah, that that theme of outsourcing in the home is has come up in each interview, so it's really interesting. The other way, this is, you know, for someone with older kids, like having a 10 and almost 13-year-old, now I outsource a lot of stuff or, or delegate it more to the kids. And it's like, okay, you can do the dishes, you can do, you know, feed the animals. You know, you need to get off your phone now and stop talking to your friends who you just were at school with all day and you can do this chore or bring the washing in and stuff like that. So, you know, that outsourcing sometimes as the kids get older can be including them in not doing everything. Obviously, they're still kids, but it's, you know, we've got to raise functional 
human beings so they need to learn how to do yeah, something at some exactly, point in time exactly yeah. I'm a big fan of that as well we have family jobs in our house yeah. my seven-year-old you know he can unpack a dishwasher yeah and he that job every morning is to unpack the dishwasher the kids my five-year-old can do a load of washing so kids can do a lot more than we give them credit for again I don't totally. overload my kids because they are kids but they get to have a part of you know, running the house and yes. being part of a family. So yeah, it does make it easier for everyone when you take the time out to teach them how to do those things. It takes a little while to, to teach a five-year-old how to do washing. but Oh, and you have to be prepared. It's not going to be done your way. Like... No, no. <laughs> even, even when Marley puts the dishes away, it, everything's in the wrong spot. Not everything, but yeah. some things. And I'll be like yeah. looking for something and Marley will be like, it's in this cupboard. I'm like, oh, you must have put it away last because I can't <laughs> find it. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's just little tiny things like that when done over the week end up making a big difference. Yeah. Instead of you as the mum feeling like you have to do everything because that's just not achievable. No. To be able to do everything. No. And look, I'm lucky I have a very, a partner who's very much my equal and he does a lot of our, you know, cooking and cleaning and things when he's home. So when yeah. he's not home, that does all fall to me. But yeah, when he's home, he absolutely does his fair share, if not more. But when he's away, it's when I have to really look at, you know, how can I, how can I manage this? What can I let go of? What can yeah. I pass on to others? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's breaking down some of those, I guess, I don't know, gender roles in the family as well. Like I've got a really busy couple of weeks with work because I take the school holidays off. And then Mm -hmm. usually that first two weeks when school goes back, I'm usually pretty busy with work stuff because people have booked in because they weren't able to get in to see me over the school holidays. And so this, like this week and probably next week as well, my hubby's making most dinner most nights. And, you know, that old school, like, mum has to make dinner the woman has to make dinner he's like I actually enjoy it he goes I quite enjoy cooking it doesn't bother me to have to do it and if it means that you don't have to get up like my day is already so interrupted from you know I have to get up to go and get the kids and then you know usually if I'm trying to trying to do work in the afternoon they're interrupting me sometimes I've got to help Ella with assignments and things like that so I only get the fire I get definitely get a lot of time to do work, but sometimes I still need to do stuff when they get home and that gets interrupted and then to have to get up and make dinner. So he's like, no, I don't, I don't mind. I'll do dinners for the next couple of weeks. And then, you know, after that, we'll figure it out based on what you've got on sort of thing. Cause when he comes home from work, he doesn't have anything else to do. Yeah. Work-wise, like he leaves his yeah. work at home. So it's, you know, breaking down those gender roles between you and your husband, the woman doesn't have to make dinner every night. Like he's an extremely no. capable cook no. <laughs> yeah. can, and he's been like, it's been freaking awesome actually. Like I would like him to do it full time <laughs> and take dinner yeah. off me as a chore, <laughs> you know? And I think even just that honest communication between you and your partner too, a lot of times I feel like us, and when I say women or wives, I just mean one person, you know, if you're in a, a same-sex relationship you know there's usually going to be one that does more than the other and there's often an a feeling that they don't want to help or they don't see it or they don't care but it's just that it's usually just that you're not you're not talking to them and saying I need help yeah and once you do they're more than happy to help because they love you and they want to help you 
Yeah, I think sometimes we do it to ourselves as well. I work totally. with a lot of women who, you know, if they're particularly if they're working from home or running a business from home or they're being a stay-at-home parent, they often feel that because I'm the one who's at home all day, I yes. should be the one doing all the home-related things. When, gosh, if we're running a business or even just full-time parenting, those those are full-time jobs in themselves. Yeah, and you know just. Just because you're at home doesn't mean you need to be doing all the home things. And it takes a lot of people a long time to realise that or to be willing to shift their, their perception about that. I find exactly the same thing, particularly with mums that I'm mentoring as well. And those that have gone, particularly those that have gone full-time in their business and are now working full-time from home. And mm. it's that pressure on themselves to do the the woman of the house, the mum job full-time and do full-time business. And it's like you actually can't do both full-time simultaneously. You've got to have pockets where you can just be the mum, just be the woman of the house and just be a business owner. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And be able to have time to focus on those things for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, it's been so great having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for sharing your story. You know, lots of practical stuff there that I think that, you know, women are going to be able to, you know, resonate with and 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 just know that, you know, they're probably feeling the same way as, as you do in terms of the juggle and lots of practical stuff that they can take away. So where can everyone find you on the internet? So I am at MeganKruger.com or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Dr. Megan Kruger. Cool. So all the links to connect with Megan will be on the show notes page for today's episode. And yeah, you can head over there and connect with her and continue the conversation. So thanks again, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Social Hub podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the social hub forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the social media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy.